It is written, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Jesus Christ, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever gains to me I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Thank you. It's lovely to be with you again. I'm going to pray and then we'll look at this passage for a few minutes together. Father God, at the heart of your news for humanity is good news for us, is the promise of your acceptance in Christ Jesus whether we're familiar with these things or new to them, we pray that you would help each of us to understand more of the truth that we might know, how we might know you and be loved by you and received by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, one of the inescapable features of life today in London is that you are always being judged, evaluated, approved or disapproved of. Your worth is constantly under review. You see it in the most crass sense, I suppose, with social media, the little blue thumbs and red notifications that ping in to let you know that others have seen what you look like, what you said, and say, yes, we like you, we approve of you, you're on message with whatever this week's bandwagon is or whatever else is going on. But it isn't just online, we feel it more profoundly, I guess, with work. If you're an elected official, you can count the approval or disapproval of the people in votes. Even those in permanent jobs, well, the, you know, the, the modern obsession with appraisals means that you can feel like you're continually on probation, always having uncertainty and insecurity because of the constant feedback on our lives. But actually, none of us want to live without feedback. None of us want there to be nothing says. All of us actually deep down want to be judged, or rather we want to be approved of. We long that our looks, our work, our our life itself will be looked at by others and they will say yes. They will say yes. They will say you are worthy. You've made it. Uh, Let me uh, introduce you to my patented visual aid. Uh, Yes, it's all gone a bit primary school this morning. I'm sorry, but that's what happens when you have small children. This is the wheels of worth. The wheels of worth. Now, one wheel, the wheel on the left, represents the different areas of your life. You'll see there's work, your body and looks, popularity, family, virtue, even baking for some of us. And 
And the other, the other are the different voices that judge us. Uh, There's boss, parents, kids, social media, friends, partner, even yourself. Now, for you to feel that your life is valuable, for you to feel like a success, you need the right people, the right voices, to affirm you in the right area of life. The other side is genuinely uh, the anniversary card I got last year from my wife. (laughs) Now, I care deeply about what my wife thinks about me, but you make a a nice sandwich doesn't speak to an area of life in which my my sense of self-worth is deeply invested, if I'm honest. But if you knew my wife, you'd say, look, take whatever compliments you can, my friend. (laughs) But all of us are hardwired to need approval, to be valued. And a positive verdict on, well, a trivial issue, it just doesn't do the job. But like the rest of us, there are issues where I do care. There are areas where my sense of self-worth is really deeply invested and where a positive verdict can make me feel like I've made it. That my life actually matters and a negative verdict can destroy me. The question is not whether you're looking for approval. Let's get past that. All of us are. The question is, in which realm of life are you looking for it? Is it work? Finance? Family? Romance? Being known as a good person? And just as importantly, whose voice has the power to speak success into your life? Now I want to look briefly at this passage from the Bible. It's in a section from a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a young church in a Roman colony named Philippi, modern-day Greece. And I want to show you that when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you find the approval we long for, an approval that gives us stability, and the ability to to weather the verdicts of others without either being overinflated by their praise or destroyed by their criticism. And actually... Ultimately, it's the only verdict that really matters in life. Now, the, uh, the language is unfamiliar, and you have to be really into first century AD Judaism to really get what's going on here. And you can ask me afterwards about some of the bits. Um, you'll probably be uh, delighted that the, uh, the visual aid had to do with approval and not circumcision. So we're not, going, we're not going there. You can ask me afterwards what's going on with that. You can ask me afterwards. Uh, but the big point that's going on here is Paul is speaking about how we find the approval of God. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. He begins by warning us, look, we all want to put confidence in the flesh. What on earth is he talking about? He doesn't mean, oh, I I love this particular bit of my belly, this earlobe, it's my favourite feature in my body. He just means flesh is, is shorthand for what I am and what I do. The flesh means the stuff that I do and who I am. And he in effect, in effect then says, look, if you want to play that game of finding your approval in particular from God in the stuff that you do and who you are, I can beat your hands down. 
If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, he continues, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. So he goes both to group identity and individual achievement. And again, you can ask me about the specifics of it if you're interested afterwards. But he says, look, I can look at myself and think I am worthy because of, well, my group identity. He says I've been born into the people of God. And, and not just any old Israelite, but from the tribe of Benjamin, one of only two tribes that remained faithful to God throughout. And beyond that, he has his individual achievements. He was a Pharisee, which is uh, the sect within Judaism noted for their extreme devotion to God. He said, look, if what matters to you most, if your wheel of worth is religious achievement, being right with God, I've got you beaten hands down. I've done it all. But what was the fruit in his life? Well, by his own admission, Paul was a bitter, proud, insecure man. And when others challenged the area in which he found his meaning, his religious devotion, when people started saying, actually, the way to be right with God is through Jesus, not through obeying the law. He didn't just disagree with them. He was filled with rage and hatred, had them imprisoned and even stoned to death. See, when your self-worth is grounded in what I do and who I am, then when it's challenged, we react with pride and insecurity and even hatred. When things are going well, well, you feel proud. I mean, I have made it. I through the stuff I've done. But we'll also feel insecure because there's always the fear that although I have made it today, what about tomorrow? Fear I might fail where up till now I've succeeded. The fear that someone more gifted, harder working, better connected, more worthy might appear and put me into the shade. And so... If, for instance, making it in your career is what matters most to you, then when you do make it, you will feel on top of the world. But when someone talented and younger is recruited in the team, well, you'll hate them. Because they're a challenge, not just to your career progression, but to your very sense of self-worth. We want to be approved of. And we want to be able to say, I've done it. But the fruit in our lives is pride and insecurity, and we see it all around us. Okay, what's the alternative then? The alternative is the approval given by God. Paul tells us of a radical change that took place when he met the man Jesus Christ. Verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. He says, look, the alternative is a righteousness given by God on the basis of faith in Christ. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, we've got to focus on two words, really, to work it out, righteous and faith. Now, righteousness takes us to the ultimate appraisal, the Lord God assessing our whole life on Judgment Day. 
to determine whether we match up to his perfect standard. That's what righteous means, acceptable to God. Whether we'll join him in his paradise forever. And Paul says, oh, I know God is going to give me a resounding yes. And you can have the same. Do you see the magnitude of that? He says, it's so good what I've found in God in knowing Jesus Christ that the rest of my life is like rubbish by comparison. Because he knows that for all the other voices that matter in his life, nothing, nothing is as valuable, as rich and as powerful as knowing God and his voice. Uh, there was a guy um, I was at theological college with called Andy and he might just be the nicest guy I know, Andy Martin. He was the sort of guy that after there was a snowball fight, he would personally apologise to everybody he'd hit with a snowball. But one day in the second year, he came to me at breakfast to ask for help with a legal problem, which a number of people did because I used to be a lawyer until they realised I knew absolutely nothing of any use except for large-scale commercial litigation on um, orders of negligence, which rarely is very useful for people. But anyway, anyway, I was quite excited, I have to say, in a kind of schadenfreude, it doesn't make me look good because it was quite a nasty instinct, sort of a way, because I thought, ooh, Mr. Perfect's got himself a parking ticket or speeding, even better. And then he handed me the letter, and it basically said, having failed to attend the Crown Court, you've been convicted in absence of possession with intent to deal of Class A narcotics and possession of illegal firearms. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, Andy. Uh, now, it turns out, and this, I promise you, is not a word of a lie, that uh, he lived on the same street as a Mexican drug lord named Andreas Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> and the police had got confused between their houses, and so he'd been accidentally convicted in absence. Now, once we worked this out, Absolutely nobody believed Andy was guilty. We all knew he was innocent. But our opinion didn't matter much to him at all, for understandable reasons. All he cared about was what the judge was going to say when the case finally was returned to the courts. And thankfully the judge dismissed the case. Now there are all manner of verdicts being passed on us every day, and I'm not sure which ones matter most to you. But actually, none of them really matter at the end of things. Because none of them have the power to determine your eternal destiny. And like Andy Martin's judge, actually, the verdict of Almighty God is the only one who has the real power to transform your life. His verdict determines your eternal destiny. And so who cares, frankly, what other people think of you? Who cares even what I think of myself? compared to the magnitude of that, the verdict, the affirmation of Almighty God. Paul says here, oh look, the most valuable thing ever is coming to know Jesus, and in him, in him I meet God, and in him I know Almighty God, my creator and the judge of the universe, says to me, yes, you're welcome, you're worthy. That's what it means. That's why Paul is so thrilled to know Jesus. Now, faith is the means by which we can get this verdict of righteous from God. It's contrasted with law. This righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, verse 9. Now, what he's saying is that when you stand before God on Judgment Day, you've got two options, really. When God says, why should I let you in? 
to paradise. You can say, because I am worthy because of my track record. Which doesn't go well, really, for any of us. Or you can say, I know I'm not good enough. But I trust in Jesus and he's paid for my sin. That's the solution for imperfect people, i.e. the human race. It's the very reason Jesus came and lived and died, the very reason that men like Paul loved him so much, was that he knew Jesus had taken the punishment on the cross we deserve for our unrighteous lives. But by putting faith in Jesus, we rely on his work to pay for our failings. And that makes it a secure verdict. Not only is the verdict of God the biggest and most powerful voice that could ever speak about your life, but it's also the most secure word because it's not dependent on your performance. It's by faith, not by law. Unlike other verdicts, you can't lose this one because you didn't earn it. It's not achieved by you. It's received as a free gift by grace. Now, brilliant appraisal that work this year. Well, it doesn't mean you'll get one next year. Landslide victory at this election doesn't mean a majority at the next one. But the acceptance and affirmation of God are not earned or achieved by us. They begin with forgiveness, with God seeing every one of your faults and saying, Jesus has paid for it all. In other words, it is by grace. There is something enormously liberating about that. You don't earn God's forgiveness and approval with your virtuous life, and so you can't lose it when you fail. It's an amazing thing to have no fear of failing to maintain the standard. In fact, nothing liberates us to try more than that. No fear of failure, because your value and approval are grounded in what Jesus has already done. No fear of others finding out that we don't quite match our public image or what we long to be. We can be humble. Take off the masks and be honest about who we really are, what we're really like, because God already knows the worst and he has saved us. So what does Christianity offer us? Well, put your trust in Jesus and you can enjoy God's almighty yes. Do it for your earthly sanity. Your sense of self-worth and happiness. It's the most stable and secure you'll ever be. It'll make you secure, humble and thankful in a world where everyone's always judging us. That is a priceless treasure. But more importantly, do it for your eternal future. Because trusting in Jesus is the only way to pass safely through Judgment Day. And the only way to the richest, deepest joy of the universe. Which is not just to know God's verdict, but to know him. Let me pray. Our Lord God, we thank you that in this world where we're always being judged, assessed, appraised, approved, rejected. That if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we find you have paid for all our failings, given us his perfection. And we can live our lives under the smile of knowing that you say, yes, righteous, worthy, and that verdict will never change. Thank you for this, and we pray that we would live out the joy and the security of it. Stop hiding and enjoy living for you. In Jesus' name, amen.